0: I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Lutz Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're going to talk about financial planning and, and more specifically, creating a financial plan with your spouse or your partner. Here again with me is Let's Tax Shareholder, which that's a new title, I think, at, you know, since the last time we recorded. But Joe Donovan is with us today. Joe, how have you been? And yeah, congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, life is good. Very excited to be with you again. And yeah, I think excited to talk about our top today because I feel like it's relevant to to me with having a new kid and also just relevant for people kind of in our life, size, life stage in general. So should be a good conversation.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's specifically relevant to me as well. I'm getting married in December. Yep, And so, you know, we've had some financial podcasts recently and talked about, you know, budgeting and and different kinds of topics, which I know initially, I think one of our first episodes that we did was with you and it was was around the topic of budgeting. And then I still maintain some of those thoughts that you brought up and I'm excited to hopefully explore those topics. And then we have, you know, already, I think it's probably makes sense to, to maybe have those conversations before you get married. You know, yeah, I guess let's just get into it right there. Why is it, you know, why is it important to create a financial plan with your spouse or
1: your partner? And and when do you think you should, should do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, for me, it's always easy to come, easiest to come to a plan, come to an agreement Before there's a conflict, right? Like it's all about proactive communication because it's really easy for Jack and Joe to agree about something when we're level headed and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in the same like calm, clear mindset versus before, you know, all hell breaks loose and we got to decide, you know, when we're heated what path to go for. So when you want to buy a purse and I don't
0: want you to buy a purse.
1: For sure. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or you're trying to I know like trying to take a fishing trip yeah, and right. she's like, you didn't let me get a purse six months yeah, ago. Like we have right. to hammer this out now. Yep. So yeah, to me it's really all about communication and it's best, you know, a lot of the stuff ideally would happen pre marriage. And like I think anytime you have a big life event and there's gonna be a big, you know, I'm gonna call it the period of change, it's good to like set boundaries and have agreements before that. So like maybe before you get married, before you have kids, before you buy a house, like each time you kind of want to evaluate those things and say, all right, like we're undertaking this new endeavor together. How do we have a good financial foundation and like kind of come to agreement about what our game plan is to just try and relieve stress, right? Because I feel like, you know, pre-marriage, if you don't iron some of these pieces out and one person has, you know, a way different feeling about money than the other person, and you figure this out six months in the marriage, you're kind of setting yourself up to fail, not to say you can't overcome it. Right. But it's one of those things that could be easily avoided with a with, you know, a conversation. So mm-hmm. to me, the important piece is, you know, when you ask, like, hey, why is it important to create this plan? You know, to me, it's about proactive communication. It's about, you know, teaming up on this. like I think all too often you see couples where you got one person that's in charge of the finances and the other person trust them you know blindly with this and which is kind of i mean that's kind of the
0: situation that that hannah and i are getting into you know where i've i've been in you know business like understand the financial side of things i work at us you know accounting firm and she's going into the medical field right so she i mean she understands it she has you know understands herself and her spending habits but quite frankly could care less so it's about us finding probably a balance of communicating enough so that we both know what's going on but you know also not the point where it's like, okay, she's like, I could care less, right?
1: Yeah, and for sure. I think like to your point, because my spouse and I have very similar stuff, it's fine that she wants to offload that to you or you and me. Right. I think that's totally healthy. But like you want to have the conversation as a group so you can say, hey, as a team, we agree that this is our game plan and this is how we're going to, you know, try and organize ourselves financially. And, you know, here's our goals, here's the structure and our budget and all that stuff. But like now, Jack, you go execute or Joe, you go execute. But it becomes really hard if if like, you know, she just says, all right, Jack, this is your deal. Mm-hmm. and You have a disagreement and, you know, she can kind of look at you and say, hey, what the heck were you thinking here? Why did we do it this way? Like to me, it's a whole different thing when someone doesn't have any accountability and doesn't feel like they are part of the plan. It becomes really hard for then you to take criticism versus... If you have a plan and then you're just executing, it's like, hey, I'm just executing on what we discussed. Well,
0: I saw you, you wrote that down in, in your notes before this, and, and I thought that was a really good point is it's, you know, it absolutely leads to a lot more contention if one person has, has had to be more responsible for part of it than the other, right? If all of a sudden there is a disagreement on something and I'd be sitting there saying, well, you haven't said anything about it yet. Yep, for right? sure. I mean, so it, it it does need to be as close to 50-50 as possible, right?
1: Yeah, and I think like, look, there's other things that she's gonna do better than you are, and this might be your thing, and that's fine. absolutely probably more, probably a lot more things. <laughs> yeah. If I had to guess, <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, you just want to be, again, like you just want to be as much on the same page, and then let the other people, like you know, we do all the strengths finding stuff. It's like this is one of your strengths. Let you execute on it, but it shouldn't be, you know, your unanimous decision. Like she needs to have some input so that you can like kind of be a team. And like, one of the things we'll talk about later in this, I think, is like there's, it's good to let people play their role and do you know, do what they're best at, like handling the finances. Maybe some other person is making more of the child-rearing decisions or planning, you know, what schools kids are going to go to, handling activities, all that kind of stuff. Whatever the split is, the split is, right? But also I think there's a risk too sometimes if you don't have this plan Mm -hmm. that the other person can just be ignorant to your financial life. And that's a risk, right? Like if something happens to you and she doesn't have any ideas of, you know, what you've been doing, where your accounts are, how you've been saving, what kind of, you know... State plan, you've done any of that kind of stuff, right? It's like, at minimum, you want to set your spouse up, that they have some sort of awareness, like, God forbid something happens to you, that they kind of know enough to like, keep everything rolling and find the right people to help them. Right. Sure.
0: So yeah, no, that makes sense. It's I'm thinking about just the little things right now that we, you know, will periodically we were grocery shopping the other day. And she, I think she bought like Cliff bars or something like, why are you buying those? Those are expensive they're, they're not healthy. And then I think I bought like a, a $60 brisket, you know, or something She's <laughs> like, what are you going to do with that? But I think it, the point is that the earlier and the, the more frequently you, you have those conversations, you can address those two things and say, all right, we both have our thing. Yep. Right. It's just as long as we make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. And, and like one thing that you mentioned last time we talked or, you know, when we did that first podcast was doing more of a, um, more of a, a general, um, Oh, personal wealth kind yeah, of like balance, sheet. balance sheet type thing, right? As yep. opposed to budgeting and checking every expense so that you can say, all right, we're going in the right direction. That seems like a much more reasonable, kind of a better situation or I guess solution for, for us at least. Um, so I'm,
1: I'm, in, I'm curious. So your guys' situation is pretty similar? For sure. Yeah. And I think like your point, like... Look, we all have things that we prior to spending money on that, like, we're not going to understand, right? Like, your wife likes to get manicures and pedicures, and you like to go hunting, and both right. things are expensive and pure luxuries. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah, you do have nice nails. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But so, like, I feel like, to like, kind of what we discussed with the budgeting is, is like, if you want, like, having a budget is very healthy, mm-hmm. but also, like, you need to price everyone works hard, and you need to price some of these, like, discretionary items spent, you have room in your budget. You need to put those in the budget and, like, say, look, I don't care what Jack or Joe does with his piece. Like we all have these things that we care about right. and you might not understand it, but like it's what makes that person happy. It's something that they need. So, totally. you know, and I think 100%, like we'll talk about again, like in a financial plan, like having a budget is important, but also like make it simpler and doing like a personal net worth, you know, statement or balance sheet and just like kind of, Taking some noise out of it and saying, mm-hmm. Am I happy with the long term trend? Yeah. Like, that's a way easier way to do this. And instead of like tracking every last dollar, you can say, Am I content with where we're going directionally?
0: Well, and I don't want her seeing me spending twelve dollars at taco John's anyways. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean that's not gonna be a good one. No, so. no, no no. Okay, well let's so let's get started then. I mean, what what do you think is kind of the some of the initial conversations or points that should should you know drive you down the right path of of creating a plan?
1: Yeah, so to me, I mean, I think it all starts with like sitting down as a couple, like we said, you know, emphasis on communication and discussing what your financial goals are. Right. Because like that can be different for for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And like they can change greatly depending on your stage of life. You know, when you're first getting married, you know, your financial goals might be primarily, hey, are we going to be able to afford a house how are we saving for a down payment? Yep. Are we paying for part of the wedding? You know, do we want to have a more expensive wedding? Cause we want to have an open bar, or, you know, do we want to have a, you know, DJ or band, whatever it is. Right. So it's like these goals change and these, the, the plan you come up with, you know, needs to be, I kind of feel like variable and like a living document, but it also needs to be something that you're trying to keep yourself accountable to. Like, I feel like they should be reasonable goals. They should be fluid for kind of the stage of life. So I, I don't think this is something that like you sit down with your spouse and you write one time and then it's, you're done. right? You know, it's like, a, hey, what's our game plan for this stage of life? And then you get through the wedding, you're like, all right, maybe we should spend some time trying to prioritize like saving for a house and you have some kids and then you're thinking about retirement. And it's like just constantly changing your financial plan for what stage you're in, but also like knowing that you can't just keep kicking the can, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy if you wait to start saving for retirement until after you get your kids through college. Like that's yeah. not a good plan. So, cool. you know, it's kind of thinking through things with a long time horizon, but also like Kind of breaking a thing that are manual because we can't make decisions as you know people that are in our late twenties, early thirties. We don't know what our life's going to be like in thirty years. Right. So, well,
0: and that that's one of the more consistent things that we hear too. We've had conversations with people about insurance, about you know taxes, estate plans, things like that. And the consistent feedback is continuously revise it. Right? Yeah. I mean, things are going to change. Your priorities are going to change. You know your your financial situation is going to change so as long as you know, it, you know insurance like make sure your beneficiaries are being changed or whatever that so that it's 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 correctly reflecting your current life you know life stage but yeah i mean making it so it sounds like make it fun enough or or easy enough in a way that you're going to want to consistently do it as opposed to let it just sit there static and then 10 years from now you're like whoa we are way off for, this, for sure
1: for sure and i think like with like financial plan right like a lot that's within your control, like how much you save, you know, to your retirement accounts or to like, you know, your brokerage account, setting up your emergency fund, where your cash goes on a monthly basis. Like these are all things that generally we have some control over and we can kind of like hold ourselves accountable to. But there's a lot of pieces of financial plan that aren't in your control, right? You know, like, you know, a tire blows out in your car and you have a thousand dollar repair bill you weren't planning on. The market drops a ton. And all of a sudden, like last month, your retirement account had 50 it, and now it has 10 and you're feeling way behind right like it's like there are certain things that you can control and like with budgeting and with like working as a couple you know you try and control those pieces but you want to have a long enough time horizon that the noise kind of sets out so to speak like sure. you know there's going to be times that you're gonna have to draw on your emergency fund because of a repair bill or some medical thing happens or whatever or there's going to be times when the market stinks like it has last quarter and you're gonna be like wow we lost a lot of money it's like yeah but that's why we have this long time horizon because the last 24 months prior to, you know, January 2022, the market had been killing it. And you were probably, you know, doing really, really well. So totally. I feel like it's like, it's breaking it into manageable pieces, controlling what you can control. And a lot of it's just emphasis on that communication. So I guess here's a question completely off
0: topic. But do you personally do anything differently in periods of, of downturn? Or do you just try and maintain?
1: I don't. So I mean, I think like, my wife and I will kind of I'm always looking and saying, right? how are we spending the money that we're making? Right. And I always look at it as how much we're saving into these accounts. And if it just so happens, the accounts are down because of what the market's doing. Like I'm more worried about what's being contributed to those accounts. not what the performance sure. is today. Yeah. And I'm doing like long looks, you know, when I say like, okay, over the last like five years, what kind of rate of return have I gotten? Cause like, you know, whether you're using like Vanguard or I'm trying to think who Lutz's 401k is, is through now. I know it's Ameritrade's the platform. It's uh. Uh, Newport. Newport. Yeah. yeah, Newport. So it's like and you have these reports where you can like see how you've been doing long term.
0: Well, that's why I pulled the um, breakdown of the, you know, the aggressive equity. Yep. Fund, cause returns. Cause yeah. Yep. So I mean, cause I, I've got whatever, 30, 40 years. And so that, that was fun to see those breakdowns and then look into those index funds and see, oh, over the last 10, 15, that's gotten 30%. Yep. Return of 50 or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, exactly.
1: And so like, I don't, re- I honestly don't change what I'm doing. Like, I right. figure like, as we get older, you approach retirement, like you might do stuff more conservatively. But for now, like we have these long time horizons and I'm more worried about like how am I funding those accounts? I'm not necessarily worried about what the market's doing at any given time. Or, pay, yeah, paying down, like, I mean, to paying your point down about
0: emergency fund, paying down high interest debt, whatever it is, getting yourself in a position where, you know, because, yeah the interest that you make on on some of these accounts or some of those you know funds are is going to be negligible compared to your 18 percent credit card yeah exactly yeah yeah. yeah. for sure
1: and and, yeah so i mean i think like you kind of hit the nail on the head from a like getting started it's you know you come up with your goals you hold yourself accountable you make it fluid so you can adjust it and like you use this long time horizon to your benefit to your benefit like you Mm -hmm. don't make drastic changes this shouldn't be something like you're evaluating monthly and saying oh we need to revise this it's right. like a hey like this is our goal for the next we got a two-year run here where we're thinking about having kids so we really want to have an emergency fund of you know, I'll just throw a number out there 20 grand before right. we have a kid because it'll help us sleep at night totally okay well let's break that down into what we need to save each month to try and get there right you oh, know we had a bad month because we had a car issue fine well then let's like let's try and adjust and and do better going forward but like knowing that like it's not like a, oh, we had this issue and now we need to rewrite everything, right? you know? And then it's just like, you kind of just take things piecemeal. Totally. And, and one of the things we talked about earlier, which just kind of goes into this, like, how do you get started? Like, we talked about how it's often that, like, one party will have more of responsibility here. I do think that that responsible party is, you know, is should and is should be held accountable to, like educating that other the other party on the progress. Mm-hmm. And also like we kind of talked about we actually have a blog out there with like a financial planning checklist where it's like holding, you know, helping the other person be educated about where you at in the process. Hey, we set this goal and here's the direction we're going. And then also like, if something happens to me, here's this resource you can go to where I've listed out, you know, where our credit cards are at, who has our mortgage, where our savings accounts are, how are 401ks are access? Do we have life insurance? All that well, kind like of stuff. Well, like some of
0: them you've got, like, who are the trusted advisors? What's their contact info? Yep. Right? Insurance policies, bank accounts, you know, proof of identity and relationships, mortgages and loans, titles and deeds, tax returns. So we'll have to link that, that article because that has some great information on, I mean, it'd just be good to get all this information down in one place. For sure. For both of you.
1: And I think, like... I'll say from my perspective, like that document, I think has come from like Lutz working with like some older clients, right? Where there is one responsible party and if something happens to that person, often we'll get brought in and it's like no one has documentation of everything and it's a hassle. So if like some of like our, our older clients, we like almost mandate that they like let us help them fill that out just to like try and make it so that if something does happen, God forbid, we can be more valuable and help, you know step in quicker. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something to like as a best practice, like young people, I know like, like we talked about, like I, you know, kind of keep track of my wife and my net worth statements. And I sent to her, you know, once a quarter and say, Hey, here's the update. I don't think she looks at it like hardly at all. But she could always go look at it and say, Oh, well, I know Joe and I have these accounts here. I know where our mortgages and like, kind of see some of those things and know, you know, what we have, where and why. You know, right.
0: So that was my next question is how much do you communicate? How often? And it's just kind of just a general report that you're like, Hey, here's where we're at. This is what changed. This is what hasn't basically.
1: Yeah. And I think everyone can like kind of do it their own way. Like I do think that there should be some regular nature to it. Like if you say, Oh, we're going to revisit this in like five years. Right. You're not going to hold yourself accountable. And so like, for whatever reason I pick quarterly, because I feel like monthly is way too much. And quarterly is, like, kind of just, like, a right number that, like, made sense for me. But some people might be an annual thing, right? And I think you just look at it and say, hey, again, it's, like, that proactive communication. And the other thing that I'll say is, like, there's all types of tools out there that can, like, probably automate a lot of this stuff for you. Mm -hmm. So it might be something where, like, if it's being done automatically in, like, a smartphone app, in theory, you could look at it more often, but again, we want to like take the noise out of it. Right? right. So, but that's like also makes it even easier me on you and your spouse, sponsor said, Oh, Hey, I looked at the day on the, on the app and like, here's where we're at. And we're making good progress, but I'd like to see us try and like, you know dial this piece in sure you know yeah
0: no that makes total sense i mean because i know some of those apps out there like i've heard there's the you need a budget app that's more obviously pretty granular budgeting have you used any other ones
1: i mean honestly like i'm old school so i just track it in excel but i know that like i think there's like nerd wallet has some resources out there some of these i'm trying to think like if you just like go google like spouse, new spouse, financial plan. Like there's going to be hundreds of tools out there. I know like some of us nerdy accountants that have QuickBooks because we use it for clients. Like some people will create a personal QuickBooks file and, you know, that can like link to your bank account and like run things pretty quickly. So it just, I think it's like one of those things where like, you just need to find a program that works for you and, you know, get into the, a good habit of updating it. Totally. And like, also know that like, if you're having trouble establishing what your plan is going to be and what that program or what that habit's going to be, like consult your, a financial advisor, and okay. they're going to have lots of tools they can help you with. Yeah,
0: and that sounds nice. Sounds again like something that's sustainable that you can kind of summarize periodically. I guess is there anything you know unique about your personal net worth financial plan that you put
1: together? No, look, I don't think anything. Honestly, like it's it's very simple. Like I just break it down to like. Hey, here's what we have for you know cash. Here's what we have for our investment accounts, retirement saving accounts, and here's our debt. And then you know again, like to your point earlier, like I am looking for long term trends and making mm-hmm. progress. And like I feel very very lucky that because I'm you know knock on wood so far I've been satisfied with the progress we're making. I don't get too worked up about like how we're spending money because right. I'm I'm comfortable with what we're saving. Right. And then I just say the rest is just noise to your point some people are going to waste money on brisket and other people are going to do it on cliff bars who cares as long as you're making progress right. you know in a, in a manner that you're comfortable with and that you're both comfortable with as a couple well and i think that
0: you know now probably more than ever before it's easier to and again i think this this phrase is one that's always stuck with me is to pay yourself first yep, right absolutely. to automatically deduct money from your paycheck every single month and put it in whether it's a savings account I set up an online savings account, which has been awesome because it's completely separate from my bank account. You don't see it on national. You, yeah. yeah. You no, know, it takes a couple of days to transfer. So I never transfer it. I don't need to because I, you know, I budgeted enough to where I know, okay, this chunk's going here. This chunk's going into a, an investment account. Yeah. This chunk's going into payments for for debt. And when you, you know, again, go from that budgeting perspective, and then you're just left with whatever cash you've already told yourself you can spend, Yep. then you're- You're good, right? You're
1: you're good, exactly. And I think that's exactly right. Because again, it helps take the noise out of it. And I think also, like, to me, you know, the nice thing about having, like, whether it be a budget or, like, a financial statement that you kind of get comfortable with and, like, Mm -hmm. track it and taking the noise out of it is great. But it's also, like, really motivating because you start to see the progress you're making and you hit milestones, whether it be, like, if you're someone that has a bunch of student loans, maybe you make a milestone there where you get a big chunk of it or all of it paid off, or yep. you get credit cards, or once you get a little older, you pay off your house. Like yep. I think it like it's very motivating, and it also allows you as like as a couple an opportunity to go celebrate these victories because mm-hmm. paying yourself first is not sexy, it's not fun, and it's something that like at the beginning it doesn't feel like you're making huge progress because right. we're talking about you know. 100 bucks a month and it goes to 500 bucks a month whatever it is right it feels like you're just like making small incremental progress but then you look back like five years later like oh wow this is amounted to something now i can pay off my car loan or do whatever right so i feel like one of the biggest Mm -hmm. benefits of tracking it is to like allow yourself this reasons to celebrate with your spouse or your partner and say hey good on us like that took us 5 years but we made it and you know this should be celebrated. Let's go out to a nice meal together and totally and toast to us cuz we got this figured out and if not for coming up with this plan and taking you know it bite sized and working on it over a period of time it wouldn't happen. So you mm-hmm. got to celebrate those milestones when you hit them.
0: Well, and how often do you see lack of communication be the reason that people end up with potential, you know, serious issues in their relationship or divorce or you know some pretty ugly stuff? It's yeah, gotta, you know, I
1: think all the t- I mean honestly I think that you know, they talk about you know us Catholics. We have to do that pre-cana training before we. we we're get doing married, it right, right now. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about like, hey, what are the things that most like often lead to failures in marriage? Number one is generally financial, and it it's not it's not about we're not making enough money. It's about we don't agree how to spend or yep. save the money that we that we are making, right? Yep. And so much of that's solved by communication. And I think that sometimes it's like, hey, you know, there's going to be financial stresses. There's going to be kids stresses. There's just there's so many things going on that you can minimize that stress just by having some proactive communication. And to your point, like we can have things where we say, look, we're just gonna agree to disagree on this because we're never gonna make sense to each other like why Jack prioritizes this and Joe something else. Yep. But it, it just doesn't matter as long as we can say, look, yeah, it's there's the line item in our budget. That's yours, or, that's mine. Whatever. Right? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever makes you happy. Like I'm gonna sacrifice the fact that you know you want to spend money on that, and I disagree with it, whatever it makes you happy, and hopefully, you'll give me that same grace on something else, right? totally. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's I think that's a great point. Is there's so many things that you're gonna to have to deal with as a couple that you can't control, so why not control the things you can, which is communicating about your finances for sure, even though it might not be fun, and like you said, might not be sexy, but at least once you know that you've communicated about it and you've come to an agreement upon it. It's not not one of those items that is
1: going to be an unknown when you have to talk about it. For sure. There's and there's a peace of mind aspect to it too, right? That just allows you to sleep better at night because mm-hmm. it's something that we've discussed. We've come up with a plan. We're executing on that plan. We are, you know, with some regularity checking in on the plan and making sure that we're doing the things we agreed to. And then it's like, all right, let's not stress about finances right now because we as a couple sat down and had some agreements and Jack is reviewing what we set our goals for and checking those goals on a somewhat regular basis and making sure we're heading the right direction. So like we don't need to stay up at night thinking about if we have money for a house because Jack and I came up with with a plan together and he's telling me we're making good progress towards that plan. Totally. And also what I think we keep getting into this like, oh, one person might be responsible and the other doesn't want to be responsible. I feel like that is normal in many circumstances, but that doesn't need to be the case, totally. right? Like you yeah. could have a couple where both people think about things the same way and they both want to have I, I know hands in, in that.
0: I know couples that where it's two CPAs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. for
1: sure. And so, so that, I'm sure like you might find it where one person's delegating to the yeah. other, but you could find it where it's like, hey, we're going to do this together, you know, once a year yeah. and we're going to review and that's great. Yeah. So I feel like you just got to do what works for you. But the main thing is, is communicate, come up with a plan. And try and hold yourself accountable, but use a long time horizon and set the goals reasonable.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when, you know, any input on on getting external people involved, CPA, financial advisor, lawyer, I mean, what, you know, this is the primary goal or the primary thing you should accomplish is communicating with your spouse, right? But do any recommendations on that address, you know, talking to outside people?
1: I think from my perspective, one, I will say that I think often people think, their CPA knows what they're doing with this. And CPAs are good with numbers, right? And they can create budgets, but they're not financial planners. And financial planners are really good about condensing a lot of your information and projecting something way out into the future, right? right? And that's just different from what a CPA is going to do. So what I would tell you is, from a young person's perspective, a lot of it's just about getting good habits going, Mm -hmm. which is, to your point, setting up an emergency fund, paying yourself first, right? And you don't need some outside professional to tell you how to do that. Right. You know, I think you get to a point where you kind of reach critical mass and like you get a little further in your career, you're making a little more money. The numbers become a little bit larger. And then at that point you might say, okay, I've been doing this on my own for a while and it's been going pretty well, but I want to bring in someone else to like, to, to validate what I'm doing. Right. And tell me if I should be thinking about something differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my thought would be you'd get a financial advisor. Right. You know, obviously, Having a tax CPA involved when you're doing planning around, you know, there's there's tax consequences to some of these things. You know, you have a windfall for some reason. Having them help you budget what the tax impact is going to be, and if you could do some things to help, you know, mitigate that tax is obviously great. You know, I'll use the example because it's happened for a lot of young people recently, not so much in the last six months, but people that had windfalls from crypto investments, right? Right. And they decided to get out of some of the crypto and trigger huge gains. That'd be a good time to talk to a tax person to say, is there anything I can do? What's going to be the tax bill? And can I do anything to mitigate it? So I think there's getting someone involved from that standpoint can be great. And the other one you mentioned, you know, attorneys, again, from my perspective as a young person, you know, there's certain instances, like if you have a very unique set of facts, like let's say. You're getting married and someone has substantial net worth. Maybe you need to talk about getting a premarital agreement. But, you know, from my perspective, attorneys really need to get involved once you start having kids Mm -hmm. and thinking through, like, do we have a will together? What is that? Do we have medical power of attorney? All that kind of stuff. Like they're going to have a checklist that's a mile long of like, hey, Mm -hmm. you have kids and now you're no longer responsible to each other who are you know two grown adults and can, in theory take care of themselves but now you're also responsible for these kids that are complete dependents what do you need to do to set them up appropriately if something happens sure so you know I, and, and i just think it's one of those things that a lot of this is available online and you yep. can kind of you can probably get you know far enough down the path making good habits and stuff without a lot of help but at some point if you get unconquerable having a professional come and validate what you're doing, I think just gives you more of that peace of mind, sleep at night factor, which is important.
0: Yeah. I I think that's another thing that's been really consistent that we've heard over and over and over again is you can get yourself to 80, 90%, you know, and then once your life gets complex enough to where you need a professional, yeah, then reach out and and find some for that other 10, 20% to get you, you know, comfortable. For sure. Awesome. Well anything else? Anything else on the financial plan? I mean we've we've talked about quite a bit. It you know, really comes down to communication, right? And and making sure you're on the same page. But any other thoughts you wanna leave the people with?
1: No, I I mean I think we've kind of talked about a lot of it, but I think a lot of it is is make it fun and try and make it motivating, right? Yeah. You know, celebrate the victories. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that my dad always told me with budgeting and, and these net worth statements is, you know, you never know if you're winning and losing if you don't keep score. So, you know, keep score, check it every once in a while, yep. and then celebrate when you reach these milestones and wins because they deserve to be celebrated. So totally. I think make it fun, make it motivating and know that there's going to be some setbacks along the way So use a long time horizon and just enjoy the process. And I think, you know, we've talked about it. And I feel like we've just kind of beaten it, you know, over and over and over again, but having that communication and being proactive about it, just set yourself up to have a lot less financial stress. So totally. doing that, I think would be the things I would, you know, try and prioritize.
0: Well, Joe, let's, let's do it again. Otherwise, thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Jack.
0: You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.